Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. We're not letting our CSGO hangover keep us from bringing you the latest episode of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from outside a locked closet at the H1Z1 Pro League headquarters. Oh man, I, I, was, I thought we were going to go down the whole uh, uh, being at E-League in a closet thing again, joking around, but... They uh, didn't even invite us this time, so we went to a different closet. Oh, oh, brutal. Turns you're out they me. just locked all our gear in there and we didn't get to record. We'll get to. You can't spoil the like one of the stories just with the intro. Literally, my job, isn't it? That's true. That's true. Uh, this week, Riot has announced all the things. While Artifact is dying a faster death than anyone could have anticipated, Phase and C9 battle it out in the E League Invitational Finals, and Blizzard signs another TV deal. But first, let's talk about that Dota 2 action. After three straight series losses to Virtus Pro in the Dota Pro circuit, Team Secret finally defeated their final boss to win out the Dota 2 Chong King Major. What do you think about this? It took a little bit of trickery to get there, but they finally vanquished their foes. Yeah, they did so in, in pretty good fashion, although Game 2 is a bit of a... I, game 2 is like the highlight reel, right? Because... First off, uh, they end up winning three to one over VP. Uh, VP didn't get a win until third game. Um, however, it, game two, uh, Yapzor uh, pulled out uh, one of those little bag of trips. It almost reminds you a lot of the stuff that like, Cloud Nine was doing uh, during uh, the uh, League of Legends Championship. It was just like yep. one of those things where it was like or, or Worlds. I don't know why I'm blanking. Anyways, it's because like my brain's jumping between like Dota two and League. Sports. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Uh, where they kind of picked this total off meta um, hero, um, and essentially that is what won them the game in 17 minutes. Good Ridiculous gross. fashion. So what happened is, is Yapsor sat down with Puppy earlier uh, in the uh, tournament and mentioned that he, they discussed the possibility of mixing up their hero pool a little bit, uh, something they could throw at VP that VP wouldn't even expect. Uh, so in game two, they actually broke out Luna, which is the 54th ranked hero, according to Dota buff. Like, that's how deep down they went. And according to um, uh, Yepster, it actually started out as a joke. He says, I showed it to Puppy, and he kind of liked it, kind of didn't like it, but he told me, if we win with this in the grand finals, I'll give you a high five. So he played it, the and they bar, won. The it bar is them. low for getting somebody to play the 54th ranked hero. It's like, <laughs> I will uh, fist bump you. Oh, well, shit. Yeah, right? So evidently it worked out. Uh, and so uh, Team Secret finally break the VP curse and, and went out 3-1. That now puts them in total standings. It's, uh, it is VP first, I believe. Team Secret is second. And then uh, you have, um, oh no, uh, Evil Genius is, is third. And then it's like a f- far cry until you get to fourth. I mean, yeah. it's more, more consistency than we normally see from Dota. Right, right. I mean, VP, it kind of looked like they might turn it around in that game three because they won pretty heavy-handedly. Um, and even in the fourth match, they got VP to even ban Luna. 
so that they couldn't come back with it wow. again. Well, it's pretty crazy if you think about it. That like they're banning a 54th ranked uh, power level hero just so that they won't totally uh, bomb out. So. I mean, if you think about it, really, that's how this podcast got started, right? They they threw a curveball, picked the worst possible two hosts they could find, and now they're <laughs> wishing they would abandon us. <laughs> 54 ring podcast host. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome stuff, though, uh, without a doubt, the LA Valiant win the award for best team reveal video. I, I mean, I don't know if you're a, friend, a fan of The Office. Um, obviously, the, the Valiant are, um, because hands down, this is the best the best team reveal video thus far i don't know how you top it uh i mean it's i mean there's not a ton to like talk about here i just have to mention because it was so good it's worth your 54 seconds if you want to check it out (laughs) right right i mean think about it think of all the different videos we've had and i want to point out in comparison this video versus the shock reveal video do you remember the one with like Shaq and j-lo oh i do oh yeah great it was like a bad rendition of the born identity. Like, <laughs> it was really awkward. They're like all like, okay, guys, uh, I need you to say these like three lines on, on your phone. Doesn't matter where you are. Like J Lo's in her apartment. Shaq is obviously in the back of a car going somewhere. Um, Marshawn Lynch is like, oh, I was getting coffee, so I'll just step outside for a second. <laughs> it was like, like really. Weird. I got to do this. It's in my contract. <laughs> right. So I mean, not like a ton to talk about there, but you should look it up. Uh, the Valiant obviously have it on uh, their. Um, a Twitter account. I didn't. I do want to say, while it, it seems weird to say this is what happens when you don't try hard because this took a lot of effort, this is far more genuine and interesting than any of the crap we saw from the reveals in season one. Yeah, and they almost, I mean, they did a lot of it like shot for shot, almost uh, jokingly remaking it, parroting the, just the the intro to The Office, and I thought they did a, a really good job. I mean, somebody spent way too much time on this, and the players obviously got behind it too. Uh, another thing that was uh, coming out this week that I did want to mention is the, that uh, those of you who are fans of the NYXL uh, and you're looking to relive the magic that is season one, except for the playoffs. I mean, let's just ignore that part. <laughs> right, 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 right. Expectations kind of fell fell to the wayside there. Um, the, N- the NYXL releasing a one-hour documentary this week. I think it's actually Wednesday is when it drops. 6 p.m. Eastern over on YouTube slash NYXL. Oh, yeah, I forgot to put that in the show notes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I just wanted to throw that back out there because uh, it's. I think the NYX would probably do some of the best marketing really in the Overwatch. Hands down. They have the pop-up shop thing, which I'm actually super jealous of because as a fan of Undefeated clothing, the clothing brand, I really want one of those Undefeated NYXL pop-up shop jerseys. Yeah, I knew that by just throwing in the pop-up shop, you'd be totally bought into this in the show notes. and overpriced clothing. There you go. What was it, like a $6,000 jacket we were talking about today? Anyways, yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. No, we don't We don't wear that. That, that is more than, like, yeah, that's Though, to ridiculous. be fair, when we went to the Street Fighter Invitational that E-League had this past year, I forget which player it was, but one of them was rocking a pair of, like, $1,100 off-white sneakers. So it is not outside of the realm of esports to spend way too much money on designer Japanese clothing. Right, right, but you know, we would just like a window in the in the closet here, so we or someone just give me the key to this closet to get my <laughs> microphone out instead of just yelling through the door. Uh, moving on, Blizzard inks a deal with German broadcaster Sport One for live television coverage of the Overwatch League and Hearthstone Esports in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. The coverage will take place on Sport One's new esport channel, Esports One. There's a creative name, uh, which features twenty four seven esports content. This likely means Hearthstone Esports is back next year, but will it be the HCT? I this is the first this is again, 
this is sad on how this this is why nyx need to be marketing for blizzard just in general because uh today it was announced that we have the uh, act finals the winter championship coming february 28th uh but there's still nothing out there as of what next season's going to be like and so basically next month well march we'll say march is when the hct will wrap up i'm fairly certain on that and after that who knows what's going on there's been like, next month they're revamping some of the latter stuff uh, but again it doesn't point to how you're going to earn points they keep saying yep. like oh points will carry over it'll help out <laughs> do whatever i don't know maybe Sometimes I, we'll just give you a scratch and sniff sticker and call it a day. Yeah, and then they send out questionnaires like, if there wasn't esports, would you still play? Like, holy crap, like, what's going on? You could not send more mixed signals. I don't know. It's You know, every part of Blizzard that did not just go full in on franchising is really pissed because that seems to be the only way to keep an esports going within Activision right now. <laughs> Evidently. Um, well, here, here are some of the things that, I mean, just looking around, poking around, trying to figure out what's going on at Hearthstone Esports. So we know that Chichu left earlier uh, in the month, and he was the director of global esports for Hearthstone. Now, if you look at their esports openings, there are zero esports openings for Hearthstone. Every single esports job opening that they have is for MLG out of Columbus, which we know is Call of Duty. Maybe, maybe they're going to continue with uh, um, the invitational the, stuff around the Mythic Dungeon, right? But outside, but even then, it's not like they're looking for a lot of crazy stuff. Like, but that is the only part of the Blizzard ecosystem that is hiring for esports. Think about like a year ago at this time, they had like 68 openings. Oh, I know. They were literally hiring anybody who had esports in their title. I got hit up by recruiters just because I did this stupid podcast. Yeah, little do they know. <laughs> little do they know there's a 54th ranked podcast in all of esports. We could win it all for everybody. It's so what a this show is awful. Anyways, I just think that it's pretty ridiculous that they haven't quite uh, announced it yet, and they're not even looking to backfill a position, which also scares me that they might just shutter it all together. Anyways, that's super doom committed and gloom. to esports. How many times have we heard that's, that? That's doom and gloom coming from me because somebody asked me today, like, "Hey, are you going to go cast anymore?" I'm like, "I don't even know what's going on." Oh, and the other thing with this is they announced that the uh, ACT Winter Championship they're holding out of the same studio they do Overwatch League. They're doing it out of Studio Five there, and they won't have a live audience. Which we know, like, what? in the past, their live audiences haven't been great, but they've been okay when they do it in L.A. So, they're again, budgets for this year, they're not even dumping money into it. Like, we spent so much money on this studio, we might as well use it. Yep. I'm telling you, everything's going to be remote for Hearthstone. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, MLG uh, is making some changes to Call of Duty, uh, Call, yeah, Call of Duty World League, their Pro League. I don't, they they need a few more modifiers. They do. This is like it throws me off every time I read their 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 sentence of a name. I don't know. It's the it's the C O D C W L P L. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, so they're allowing for a sixth headset throughout games, so coaches can better communicate with their teams. There's where your Hearthstone budget went. Oh man. Oh man. Actually, you know what? They probably got them secondhand from H one Z one. Anyways, uh, so players still in the closet. Pretty cheap. Uh, so players, really, I mean. For a while now, players and viewers have really hoped to see like coaches back on stage for competitive play. Uh, I mean, there's, this still isn't the case. Do you think this is a step in the right direction, though? I mean, yeah, I guess. All right, that's that's a 54th ranked podcast bringing you, bringing you live. <laughs> Super detailed, hitting. definitive answers around esports. 
I they're going to go back. They're going to have to. This just feels like, well, we, we kind of said coaches, and we said no coaches, and everybody's pissed off. So if we can't go immediately back to having coaches because that would make us look like we caved. And we all know from modern-day <laughs> politics that you should never, never go back on something after saying endlessly for, I don't know, 35 days that you're going to do something. Uh, so they're taking that approach, and they're saying, we will slowly backslide our way. And then all of a sudden, one day, you'll just like look in the corner of the stage, and there's a guy huddled in the corner with his sixth headset on, coaching the players he's like technically i'm on the stage now and that's how we'll get there <laughs> they're allowed to sit in a chair like off stage and just whisper into a mic this seems kind of awkward but i am wondering if this decision to not have coaches on stage has to do around maybe even cheating or line of sight stuff when they are playing an, an actual professional play that's the only thing i can think i of. mean it makes a lot of sense and if you think about it the coaches they actually allow a little bit more coach communication than most other esports do. I think it's the fact that it was present for so long that they've now taken it away, and that has more to do with it than the fact that it's actually like key to the esport being successful. Yeah, and this isn't actual during the the game play. It's Correct. it's in between in in between sets, so they don't have to come on stage and do it. So they're not allowed to come on stage and then talking to the headset. They just have to be in their ear at that point in time. Fist so, bumps. You got to be there to give the fist bump. That's right. Jump in and be like, "Hey, they're freeze framing on that camera on you. You better complete that fist bump." Got to do it. Got to do it. Or finger guns for everybody. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Moving on. This past weekend saw the E League CS:GO Invitational take place with all four teams. Um, it went surprisingly long, given the number of teams that were participating. But ultimately, it ended up with Phase topping C9 in the finals. Uh, this was your boy C9. Trying to continue their, uh, I don't know if dominance is the right word here, but what was your take on this? I mean, this was a pretty uh, <laughs> lackluster finish to the whole thing. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say dominance in C9 was, in the I same was, sentence anymore. I was trying uh, to help I, you I, out. That ended pretty much like, uh, what, February of last year after they won. So the cool thing here is this was a, a, uh, a rematch, essentially, of what happened in the... Um, the e-league major that was held in boston of last well yeah i guess of last year a year ago so uh but the difference is now is that well cloud nine almost completely and phase has dropped kerrigan and have now picked up adrian from gambit and really what this whole tournament ended up being was a kind of a a showcase or a warm-up to uh, the kerrigan major that's going on next month and both of these teams really kind of getting a chance to to put their new rosters to the test. I mean, Cloud9 knew from essentially that team that they that played last year <clears throat> is uh we got Flusha over from Fnatic, uh Kiyoshima from Envy, and Zels uh, from Swole Patrol. So it's completely I mean, three quarters is new. Uh and, like I guess that's the name, three quarters. Anyways, three out of five math boom. is hard. Yeah. If only we had that yeah. sixth uh, headset here That's to right. feed you the proper numbers. <laughs> it might be right. I know. Uh, anyways, so, I mean, there's a lot of new blood uh, on cloud Nine side. They opened up against uh, FaZe really, really well. Um, took it to him, I think, like 16-3 to 3 on, on train. Just absolutely wrecked him. Wasn't even, wasn't even close. Um, and you kind of thought, okay, is, is FaZe just going to kind of kind of crumble? Now, on the flip side, uh, in the second round, uh, it was on Inferno. FaZe was able to um, win out 16 to 12. And really, that 12 margin um, was only because Cloud9 had like a really strong run of like a, like nine games. But it was looking pretty grim for Cloud9 for a majority of the time. But then, you know, Cloud9 gets a good run and you start thinking, is FaZe still going to crumble? And they end up winning out. So 
the the story of this is Cloud9 still isn't ready, and FaZe still can seem a little wobbly. Um, although in the end, they end up winning 16-9 on train in game three. The, to be fair, well, I don't know if it's fair, but Cloud9 should know train. But Cloud9 hasn't, uh, didn't play on train the entire tournament. So that was the first time they were on the map. Uh, phase going into it was 1-1, end up obviously now 2-1 uh, and to take home that. I think they took home like 80 grand for a weekend yeah, of gaming. Yeah, about 150,000 total prize pool, I believe. Oh, that so. was too, well, I thought it was 250. I could be crazy, but uh, yeah, who knows? Well, maybe we'll check that PR announcement that was sent our way. We'll figure it oh, out. Oh, man. Sick the, the burns. Hits, the hits keep on coming. You know, we do... It's interesting. We are total hypocrites when it comes to CSGO because we always talk about how we want to see more teams with a chance of being good in most other games. But then when it comes to CSGO, which frequently rotates through the best of the worst clubs and it's not the same team every year. And then here we find ourselves like, oh, making fun of them for not dominating endlessly. Well, no, I'm not making fun of it. I think Cloud9 has uh, has been shaky all year they lost two of their good players uh and one of them retired so i guess you say they lost three of the good players um even in this tournament no- nothing which is x cloud nine on complexity totally bombing out going oh two didn't even make it to uh date well day three day two i might as well just quit on day two but I don't, he had a cool video of the uh, where they were their hotel where they were hanging out and, and stuff. yeah it's like some hotel attached to the Atlanta Brave Stadium which yeah it was pretty cool was it's like that's a that's a great area to like warm up so evidently they clearly must, it was not he was distracted <laughs> by the view must have been that's where I was going with that one um, yeah so I it's again uh, a lot of good CS:GO played this weekend if you get a chance check it out on Twitch it'll also be up on TBS more than likely on a Friday I don't think it's hundred uh, percent I don't think I've announced. seen an announcement yet for the the uh, post produced stuff right. yet but yeah but you can check out stuff. the uh, clips and highlights on Twitch plenty of Moses memes there as well so uh, there was a counter there were so many of them uh, yeah it couldn't even keep track I could really. only imagine what the production cost was on that oh man <laughs> probably crazy <laughs> all right so as you had mentioned earlier uh, Riot had a ton of announcements this week. Uh, one of the main announcements, which I know you will love, uh, is that they're expanding the Collegiate Esports in the face of the NCAA. So this comes after NCAA President Mark Emmert, uh, I believe it was last week, was at a convention saying that they're exploring esports, but the industry's values don't align with those of the NCAA. That's, what, that's basically the gist of it, uh, which I, I don't know what hand signals Brian's making over there. He must be warm enough to rip into this. Uh, anyways, so his exact quote was, we don't particularly embrace games where the objective is to blow your opponent's head off, but concussions are okay. Uh, Riot, however, is really doubling down on providing a, a, that path to pro or competitive play at, at the high school and collegiate level. Um, I, I mean, do you think, one, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm even asking you questions, you're just going to fire into it, uh, that this is the way to go, and two... How long until the NCAA comes in and wrecks the party, man? All right. Sorry. I need to get some stretches in here oh, for a man. moment. Ugh. So first, the easiest way to get me to agree with anything Riot does is to tell me that it is counter to anything that the NCAA does. I am now the biggest Riot fan on the planet. So first off, fuck off with your comment about blowing opponents' heads off. Nobody's heads are flying off. You're off giving people concussions and allowing domestic violence and all this crazy shit. The NCAA can just piss off. All that aside... I think Riot is doing the right thing, and the further that Riot can stay away from the NCAA, the better off that they will be. And what they're really saying here has absolutely nothing to do with blowing opponents' heads off, because if the NCAA thought there was a legitimate way for them to make money from this, there you go. they yes. would get involved. Here's what they're really saying. 
most great players that are worth paying money to watch are not going to participate in the NCAA league. They are going to do the Overwatch league or the LCS or whatever the case may be. These are B and C T player tier players at best, and therefore there's no money to be made. So we'll go ahead and fake a moral stance while we're at it in order to uh, get this out. I hate this shit, but. Positive to Riot. Like, I think it is great to have... I would never, ever, ever call it a path to pro. I don't think anyone's going to go do four years in a university, participate in esports, and then get in to the majors, so to speak. I I think the way it was kind of presented, it wasn't necessarily that you go through high school and you go through college and then you become a pro. I think it was meant to, like, you could be discovered or get involved in a professional team. And then drop out of school so that you can... Well, they didn't quite say that, but it was pretty much saying, like, you, they're trying to uh, open it up uh, to find talent at a younger age, especially here in North America, um, and also provide them with the ability to, uh, I guess, to get recognized. Uh, and, and, well, in all honesty, it's, it's marketing, and, and very much so for Riot, um, but it makes complete sense. And I think it's... It's great because I don't even know how much of a point they really intended to make out of this video drop or this uh, announcement. But following what NCAA said, it almost kind of like felt like they're rubbing it in because they say, oh, yeah, we're expanding and they're signing in with like new leagues and, and such uh, so or conferences. So they're they're looking to expand the reach. They've already got um They've already got stuff with colleges like Big Ten. I think yep. SEC even had some stuff. Yep. So they're already in with a lot of the you know, football conferences, I guess you could say, in terms of teams. But the fact that they're expanding even further is that's kudos to them, especially after HGC pulled out the Heroes of the Dorm stuff. They, they're just swooping right in, and they're making some smart moves, it seems like, right now. And I will continue to say this until people will uh, stop listening or we get – our contracts canceled or whichever happens first is that high school esports far more important to the professional ecosystem than college esports interesting yeah i i can agree with that because the you have to shift the window of opportunity to become a professional and these players peak in their college years often and therefore prepping them for that happens in high school i'm still waiting to peak you're no never <laughs> ever gonna happen Never going to happen, especially now that uh, they've effectively canceled Hearthstone Esports. So. Yeah, I'm done. Also in the announcements, League of Legends announced the mid-season Invitational, which will take place in Vietnam and Taiwan. Riot stated they've seen a ton of growth in the region over the last few years and want to provide players a chance to see a live event. Now, we've seen several game companies turn their sights to the APAC region. In fact, uh, Vainglory had a pretty large following right. in that region. Uh, but do these one-off tournaments really provide growth? Like, how much of this is like, hey, cool new place to do it, versus like, oh, we think this could actually drive the game forward in the region in a meaningful way? I, I think without providing... Uh, some sort of like league structure in those areas. You're not really doing a ton of service to that region. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Overwatch League and jumping into an Australia, the Australia market, and then they end up not. Now, how much that is actual backers and people willing to pony up that much money to, to get an Overwatch team, but it is a region that they're trying to get into because. Um, obviously, it's heavily invested in, in into esports. It's not as locked down as something like China, where they have to partner. Um, and uh, there's a lot going on, especially in uh, in Taiwan around esports and coming up with like studios and the production stuff that's going on there. Um, Hearthstone and Blizzard really explored the area some, and Riot jumping into it makes complete complete sense. Uh, I think it's smart. I just don't know how much a one off event like this will actually propel it. 
without something to follow up, right? Right. I think you need to have a bigger commitment to the teams that come out of this region, other than I believe both of these fall in the play-ins. So they're not, it's not like they're, they have a league that's guaranteed a certain number of right, spots. Right. So because of that, like that means that you want to move it forward, right? You want to give the teams that play there a clearer or a bigger path to worlds, for example. And, but it's a start, but I feel like they could say this about literally any region they decide to put any of their tournaments in. Yeah, I mean, we saw uh, like CSGO jumping into Brazil heavily. Um, and so I think these companies are looking to expand their esports reach uh, and their brands, especially when they have franchise brands, looking to expand as, as much as humanly possible. Uh, just because it's, I mean, it's more viewership numbers that can be pumped in. The other thing weird about having it in a region, say, like Vietnam, uh, is that from a time zone difference right yeah, like you're always a challenge it's always a challenge especially for north america um when it's on that side and it's not as bad for europe but it's still like if if your two core audiences are in the in europe and north america you're throwing it probably what six hours difference from europe and my response to that is that you only care about china that's also true it could be <laughs> i think you know what I, i'll just shut up you're right it's, that's the numbers that they're actually looking for all right, so moving on, uh, I did want to talk a little bit uh, about, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about Jiren being leaked yep. for Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, now Bandai Namco announced uh, Videl, SSGSS, Gogeta, uh, and DBS Broly, in addition to uh, Jiren, which we men- mentioned before. How are you feeling about this lineup, and who would you like to see as the final two fighters? So this is kind of predictable, um, and this is going to sound really stupid, and this is a really dumb theory, but I, I think it holds water. So if you are a Funko Pop collector, like I am, um, you will notice that oftentimes when a uh, pack is about to come out and they, it coincides with a Funko Pop pack, you will see a lot of crossover. And we randomly got Jiren in uh, the latest wave of Funko Pops for Dragon Ball, as uh, well as Videl, and here we go, we got both of these, and the Broly movie just came out, which has been doing amazingly well given its limited reach, and that's where we're getting SSGSS Gogeta, as well as a Dragon Ball Super version of Broly. So uh, none of these are surprising. Now, who those other two fighters are, so what is interesting is they announced the first two fighters, which they showed in-game, so we got to see a fair amount of that. Um, I thought what was awesome about Videl is you're largely playing a twosome. It is not just Videl. It's also Gohan as Super Saiyan Man. And so he comes out and he does a lot of the moves in tandem with her, which makes it pretty cool. It makes up for her lack of like extra abilities and whatnot. Um, and Jiren has a cool little play style. We'll see how it actually plays out um, in actual play. We did not see the middle two. They've not announced them at all. And we got a tease, which is basically just clips from the Broly movie um, for DBS Broly and SSGS uh, Gotan or Gogeta, sorry. So I'm not sure. I've heard Kale or Cauliflower is potentials. Obviously, we still want Roshi, and that's what I think would make it cool is if we got a version of Roshi. They haven't, you know done a ton with the original version of the anime in this game so it's largely been versions of things that we saw in super but we'll see how it ends up playing out um but only six characters this time it was eight in the last pack so i'm not sure what this one's gonna end up costing in comparison to the other one you basically got like one free fighter for doing the pack before i think it was like 35 bucks Uh, so this time i imagine it'll be 25 but uh overall i was pretty stoked about it i thought it was I thought it was a good reveal. It wasn't super surprising, but the Videl uh, combo with Mr. Super Saiyan Man just like... 
I'm just proud of you for weaving your Funko Pop addiction into an actual <laughs> science around character prediction. That's I mean, I-, I mean, now I can say whenever I buy a shit ton of Funkos, like I'm trying to predict the uh, next uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. <laughs> I'm writing it off his research for esports. Got yes, it. Yes, got I got to know. There's oh. Fortnite pops. I guess the next skin by uh, looking at the Fortnite pops. <laughs> Uh, moving on to one of our newer favorite punching bags. Artifact is down to less than a thousand daily players, having shed over ninety-eight percent of its player base. Uh, this is based off recent numbers. I think you and I dug in, so it's below three thousand and is trailing thirty days. Dropped down into the nine hundreds of the peak of about two thousand over the past week. The game's uh, the uh, an entire collection is now only seventy-five dollars. Yeah, it's a pack that costs two dollars is worth about eighty cents. Is worth about eighty cents. This game is done. There is nothing they do yeah. at this point. I, I don't know. I don't know if free to play will help them at this point. I mean, it can't no. hurt them. Um, I can't imagine that they're making too much money with a thousand people. Like, that's the the problem here is that I don't think one Valve anticipated it, and we know Valve doesn't move very fast when it comes to games. It's just not. Will Valve pull the plug on this? I don't think so. I mean, they here they announced <laughs> they announced. A one million dollar tour of esports and prize pools for this last year, and now there's a thousand people. That's like almost a guaranteed payout if you just play. <laughs> I mean, someone's going to get really rich, right? And that's probably why it's some like, of these pros I, are. I got lucky, won two games, and right. I mean, I think what's happened is, I mean, Magic the Gathering is eating everybody's lunch right now. Hearthstone doesn't know where it is in esports. May not go to esports. We went through this whole loop, and guess where we're back to. And now we're back. Magic the Gathering. Right, right. Yeah, and and you know, Artifact came in with a different model of having to pay for the game, paying for the packs. There's no real, real way to earn packs. And here's what's what's crazy is when we mentioned this earlier in the month, in terms of them being at like 4,000 was like their peak, yep. they just released another patch which to speed the game up and fix some things in terms of timings. And it seems to have made it worse anecdotally, at least. Yeah, and it, it hasn't stopped the slide. And so... If that's what they're focused on, I mean, the next piece that they have to figure out is how do we get people repeatedly playing the game? How do we get a huge influx of people pay- playing the game? And honestly, it's it's almost worth just sliding this into Dota as something you play while waiting for a queue. I know. That's really the – I mean, that's the only thing I can think it's of. It's like inverse Gwent. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. Um, I don't know. By the way, who's playing Gwent anymore? Well – uh, I know a thousand people who aren't, but I mean they could be. I don't. A know. lot of these people have just fallen asleep at their computer. And <laughs> the app is actually... just still open. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, some of them are still just playing against the uh, AI, and it's just taking forever because they're on the old patch. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think at a thousand players, you have to call it. I don't care how much money, like, even like your whales are pumping into it. If a full set is seventy-five bucks, there's only so much they can pump into it, right? Like right. if each person puts in buys a whole collection they've made seventy five thousand dollars yeah it's it's rough and i don't think valve has ever been in this spot like they've not they've not had something thank god involved. steam's still making money yeah well and everybody's trying to take it take a chunk of it 2019 is gonna be a really interesting year i think for valve uh and for steam in general yeah, they have never been threatened at as at many levels as they are being threatened at right now right it's super weird for them i, I think this whole mentality of just do it whenever in valve time it just They've they left the door wide open for someone to jump in, and everybody's like, mm, "Yeah, we can do this better." It's because the guy in charge of content for Artifact decided to change his job title, and now he's a janitor. And so oh, they don't have titles. Content. That's the fun part. There, it's like all development. He likes mopping floors now. That's right. So he, 
Anyways, uh, and and the story that we alluded to at the top of the show throughout, we kind of put. This is the out. only reason people um, are still listening, right? Really, now, really. This is why this is the cliffhanger for the show. Not even cliffhanger. This is this is the main thing, uh, the foreshadowing piece. H one Z one Pro League reportedly has players' gear all locked up, and they can't seem to get it back. So this was uh, something that was posted on VP Esports, which has been digging into H one Z one quite a bit. I think they did like a five month thing. Where they ripped into and Jace Hall spent like three hours trying to counteract on on periscope and then finally just like locked down his account his twitter account because of all this and all the blowback um but basically thousands what did this game ever do to kevin hit i don't know it's not just i don't well, it could be kevin uh, but anyways i don't think it is kevin anyways we love you, kevin. Uh, thousands of dollars worth of players like mice keyboards headsets are being held by the league which shuttered last summer now they planned on doing a second season and here's the crazy part is that they asked players to send all new gear for season two. So they couldn't reuse gear. They could take home their previous gear, but then they had to send in new gear for the following season. Some Why? people, some people, right? Some people were kind of like, well, we don't really know if season two is going to happen. So they's like, just hold our gear, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, good thing they didn't buy new gear and send it to them because they would have just kept it. So this is just, I mean, this is a super sad. I mean, how do you, how can you disband a league halfway through basically what was promised, uh, lay off all the employees and not wrap up things like this? You know, NCAA, maybe this is the thing you should point to when you say that this is not a viable option as opposed to blowing people's heads off because this is a pockmark on esports. You know, we had talked when the H1Z1 Pro League shuttered that it was a death knell for the genre potentially and its ability to be this larger televised thing. And so far, that has kind of played out other than these one-off tournaments, and we'll see what ends up happening with the uh, new PUBG stuff. But when you get to the point of you're not paying your players, which is an easy way to set off any community, we've seen this around right. organizations, we've seen this around tournament organizers, and now we're going to see it around a – I don't even know who technically is in charge of this anymore, the production company, I guess, behind the Pro League. But this is a bunch of players who at best probably make forty to $60,000 a year playing H1, and that's probably giving them some credit. And you take their gear, which probably represents a good portion of their income, and you just leave it locked in a closet for the hell of it. And you won't even respond back to, like, where do we send it? It can't be too hard to even just have an intern or somebody do it. Like, But they sent everybody, they, they, they laid off their staff. How long until we find out that it's been sold? Oh, and not man. and not on purpose, like not like we kept it to make money, but more like oh, it was in a closet and somebody came by and they said, oh, well, we got all this gear, we better auction it off or whatnot. Well, I don't know if it'd be as blatant as that. Well, but no, it, when I be... say auction it off, I mean like public auction, not like right, right. Day. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think that yeah, it's going to get passed along with to somebody else, whoever decides to buy out the studio pieces. I mean, in that report that they had talked about earlier in the year, they were like talking about how much money was spent just hiring in. Uh, just i don't know named influencers um how much money was spent on parties and all this different stuff and jace was combating it saying well that was all part of marketing's budget well where was your budget to actually have a season or i I hate that because yeah that's how marketing chose to spend their dollars but who chose to give marketing that many dollars yeah and who said it was okay to spend it like just ridiculously and not have any kind of plan to return gear it's just i i don't get i mean I, I get, it goes to show you, you can still do whatever the hell you want in esports. <laughs> and get away with it. Yep, yep. And get away with it. And that, what's sad is like this is a pro league that is doing this. This isn't like a one-off tournament. Well, it ended up being basically a one-off tournament. But it wasn't intended <laughs> to be. Joke's on you, my friend. It, it wasn't intended to be so. I just think that this is this is pretty crap. 
It's complete total crap, and uh, we kind of pulled some punches with the Pro League last time. Now they can just piss off. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can catch us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there on iTunes, tell us what you think of the show by leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and troll us and uh, ask us what time the E-League finals start, which is our new job. <laughs> I, like I, I like that, yeah. I mean, I guess I respect the fact that someone actually thinks that we're legit enough that we would have the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see from the closet. If you want to troll us more directly or ask us what time the next tournament will start, you can do so by joining our Discord at discord.eleaguereport.com. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. I should have responded back, what year is it? (laughs) Please let us out. Finally, someone has contacted us. Uh, That's going to do it. We'll be back on Thursday with the midweek edition of the E-League Report.